simply syndicated towers in the United Kingdom, and from our intrepid reporters throughout the United States, comes all the movie news that's fit to listen to. This is Simply Syndicated Movie News. Hello, welcome to Simply Syndicated Movie News. Apparently a trailer came out this week. <laughs> and that's it. That yeah. should be the entire episode. We're just going to spend the entire show talking about that. It's, the trailer a, that broke it's the a fucking trailer, people. Right. <laughs> but it broke the internet. It, it seriously it, it did. It didn't break the internet. It's on now. We're talking to each other. The internet's fine. I never lost my connection during the entire week. People like to say it broke the internet. It broke what? How many websites? Not many. Some, you can't break the internet. Some websites for sure. They can get broken, but the internet cannot yeah. be broken. Yeah, no, the internet's fine. Don't worry. But uh, it's just, A lot of the ticketing sites were down. Oh, yeah, like, they went down. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and they deserve to be broken because I hate websites to buy tickets from because the extra charges are... Uh, you don't no. know you're born. You don't know you're born. Let me stop you there. When you buy movie tickets online, and I'm speaking to America now, the nation <laughs> of which I've made you two representatives of today. Right? Okay. <laughs> when you buy movie tickets online, what? where do you go to do that? Various sites. I don't have a specific one. <laughs> All right. Okay. That just blew my entire argument out of the water. <laughs> But a lot of people do go to, there's a uh, Fandango is very popular to go to. Um, exactly. and then there's so, right. Okay. I'm going to pick up my original point and we'll pretend that bit where it got blown out of the water didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> right. You've got things like Fandango. We don't have anything like that. We don't not. There isn't one central source for buying movie tickets. If you want to buy movie tickets here, you have to go to the website for the cinema chain that you want to go and see the film at and so consequently there are very few sort of searching facilities to find out where something is on google do a pretty good job that's where i usually look but at least you can go to fandango i think siri can buy movie tickets in america Mm. not here not here at all nothing there's just you have to go to the cineworld website and let me tell you something their website was crap it was it's just garbage and so i have no star wars tickets Oh. Uh, do you know what? Also, I have no intention of seeing it on day of release. I well, th- I'm not seeing it. I, mean, I think most of us are not seeing it day of release because the tickets were sold out. Number one, yeah. And number two, it's going to be insane. I'm pre- <laughs> I'm prepared to wait even a couple of weeks. I don't know if you can wait that long. Oh, I can wait that long. I can, yeah, I can as well. And, and Richard, you and I had on, on the last podcast that you and I recorded. You and I had discussion about. Star Wars and whether to see it or not to see it on the day of release. Yeah. With the, the answer being overwhelmingly not to see it on the day of release. No, because that. it's impossible to see and people. If you listen to our, well, our other shows not out yet, so you'll get this. Anyway, the point is on the day of release, <laughs> you can't go to see a movie on a, like this one on the day of release. If you're going to go to Star Wars, The Force Awakens, you're not going to see the movie. You're going to see the cosplayers all around you. You're going to see the rest of the audience. You're going to hear the rest of the audience. The movie is going to be secondary to your experience. That's going to be background noise and background visuals because you will have no choice but to see and hear everyone around you. They're not going to give you a choice. They make themselves the show. 
can I also request people do not go to the cinema dressed up because the people who made the movie they don't know you're doing that and they don't give a shit right there's there's you cannot go to a film and show appreciation to the makers of that film because they aren't there okay so just go and sit quietly and watch the bloody film would you that's that is showing appreciation for the movie you know what they want they want your fucking money you've paid for it that's all you need to do you don't need to clap or cheer or 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 wear a jedi outfit and take a lightsaber it's <laughs> it's just a movie and jj uh, abrams does not know you're there i just if, cannot emphasize that enough he doesn't know he he's just happy that you've paid however much you've paid to go and see the movie that's what makes it a good or a bad film uh, and I if anyone gonna... lights up a lightsaber in the theater when I go to see that movie, someone is getting themselves a broken goddamn lightsaber, courtesy yeah, of me. Yeah, yeah, I've been lucky. I never went when there was people dressed up. I have seen a couple of people with lightsaber sticks, so. Does Obamacare uh, cover lightsaber removal? I don't you know. know. I mean, it depends on the theater you go to. I've seen, uh, if it's a smaller theater, they may have an usher come and tell them to take take them away from them or something but the bigger theaters they don't care <laughs> you know uh i've also been lucky not to see people dressed up but uh i kept thinking for the hobbit people would be dressed up were they and no Thank and at God. least not the theater i went to <laughs> people will dress up for pirates of the caribbean but they won't dress up for the hobbit that's something's wrong hmm. well the, fa- it, it, the fandom for pirates of the caribbean should not be stronger than the fandom for the hobbit Speaking of that, that franchise needs to die. <laughs> Which one? Pirates of the Caribbean. I, either would be fine for me. I hated all of the Hobbit films. But oh, also, trust me, Pirates of the Caribbean is dead. They may still be making movies, but the franchise is dead. They oh, just it, refuse yeah. to accept it. It's like a zombie franchise <laughs> in the most literal sense. It's, it's yeah, quite they weird. need to just stop with the zombie stuff. I'm getting tired of the zombie stuff. There's like zombie TV shows, zombie movies. I'm like, okay, we get it. We get it. All right. Just no more for a while. Oh, I feel like I saw something with Johnny Depp in the other day. Black Mass. Is that, that was a not a zombie flick. <laughs> no, it was not, but it had Johnny Depp and I saw it. Mm-hmm. And? Three star movie, low end of three stars. Uh, see, I kept hearing that he was phenomenal in it. He is. He gets to do some really serious acting and wear prosthetics and do an accent and all of that. And ultimately, what you're left with is a story that is just an account of an absolute arsehole being an absolute arsehole. You know, like with Goodfellas, they were endearing characters. You kind of didn't want it all to go wrong for Henry at the end of Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas with this guy, you just like, will someone just shoot him in the face, please? Oh, Whitey Bulger is a complete yeah, asshole. I mean, it's pretty much a given. Granted, like any movie, they said there's some discrepancies in the film. I'm like, eh, it's it's going to happen for quote unquote dramatic effect. Yeah, do you know what? I I don't know what they could tweak. I, I accept that any film of about a person. I mean, this is a big thing about the Steve Jobs movie that's just come out. Because it's it's something a lot of nerds know a lot about, and so we know about the the historical inaccuracies. And you have to accept that life isn't dramatic, really. It's certainly not three acts with a happy conclusion dramatic. Mm-hmm. And it's certainly so, not Aaron Sorkin dramatic. Exactly. And so <laughs> when you when you make a life or a portion of a life into a movie, you inevitably have to make changes there. That said, 
there is nothing that they could do to this movie to make James Whitey Bulger seem like a nice, likable guy, other than make an entirely different movie that would clearly just be fiction from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really didn't. It was it was all right that it told the story and it told the story. I felt well, you know. I watched it all, but ultimately, if I, I'm never going to see that movie again really Johnny Depp was fine in it he was great he did it well but yeah, that's that's where it left me it kind of felt a bit like please give me an Oscar look I'm a serious actor I don't just do Captain Jack yeah there's a few movies like that especially if they're doing a, a life you know a actual person kind of thing yeah that tends to automatically put you in at least one slot for the oscars you know? I know. i'm playing a real person yeah i now kind I'm- of want to do a short run podcast about please give me an oscar movies because <laughs> i was talking about i am sam with sean penn the other day to someone and that that was another one Oh, well, he's he a mentally out. handicapped you know, person you, you with you a little daughter. You just yeah. remembered, never go full retard. That was that's what they say. And it's like, <laughs> oh, and he's got the adorable little girl. Oh, and they want to take his adorable little girl away. Well, we'll just cry for an hour, Sean, and at the end you can have an Oscar. <laughs> he didn't even get an Oscar for and that, he didn't, did he? Didn't, no, because it was so obvious. He so went full obviously, <laughs> please give me an Oscar. Please give me an Oscar. Look, I'm a serious actor. Look at me being serious. I can do all this. And that's what I got from Black Mass. It was, please take me seriously. I'm an actor. But he is an actor. He is good. I've always felt he should be taken seriously. Um, It's a nice contrast from recent films Johnny Depp has done. I, I totally get why he would do this. You get Actually, he was he was really good in Neverland. Did you ever see that? I haven't seen Neverland. Um, I I don't I don't actually have a problem with Johnny Depp in the slightest, other than stop playing Captain Jack now. It, <laughs> just just stop doing that. Uh, yeah, at the same time, well, well, reserve your opinions on him until after we see uh, uh, the next Kevin Smith film that that stars Johnny Depp. Yeah. What is that a real thing or are you? Just- this is a thing. Yeah, yes, that's actually happened. Kevin Smith has directed Johnny Depp. What, when? What? <laughs> yes, please oh. enlighten us here. <laughs> Is the, 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 the next film on the way from Kevin Smith. Um, it, uh, the production has wrapped. I, I don't know when the expected release date is, but um, the title of the film is Yoga Hosers. And Johnny Depp appears in the film. The two stars of the film are, in fact, Johnny Depp's daughter, and Kevin Smith's daughter. Oh yeah, I'm looking at it but now. But Johnny Johnny Depp is appearing in the film. Oh dear. He's the first name on the list, and then Haley Joel Osment, who was good in that that film I watched recently. Who's Natasha Leone? Why do oh her? Yes, of course. Of course. Wow, that's quite a lot of people. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> And that is not a crazy plot idea. Well, it's a crazy plot idea, but I'd watch this. Kevin Smith does crazy mm-hmm. plot ideas as a, as a hobby man. <laughs> he does, that's true. Yeah, especially as of late. I mean, I, I will be the first one to say that um, to see the, the Kevin Smith uh, uh, written and directed uh, Red State definitely gave me uh, a renewed appreciation 
appreciation for him because it was a, a vastly different film than we have known him to direct in the past. Hang on, um, you Kevin's... can look at Clerks and Mallrats chasing Amy and. Hmm. Oh, you're breaking up, Scott. What's that? You're breaking hmm. up. Um, has Kevin Smith's daughter named Harley Quinn? Yes. Oh, for fuck's sake. Oh. Yes, yes, she is. Scott just exploded. <laughs> Scott, bad things are happening, dude. <laughs> I tried readjusting the microphone no. for a while. I couldn't hear you guys, but I can hear you again. Yeah, now it's just, it's like the end of the world sound coming through. Oh my gosh. Oh, oh, there we go. How's this sound? <laughs> you sound like you're across the room again. Yeah, you're very quiet, but that's that stopped the evil fizzle from hell. <laughs> okay, how about now? There, that, that's, that's a good. little better. Yeah. Is it? Is this okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can go back the other end. <laughs> no, don't. No, this is fine. No. Don't touch anything. Okay. Don't, don't touch anything. Okay. It's it's all cool right now. I'm not a big Kevin Smith fan. That's my issue, really. I'm, I'm sure he's. Have, have you seen Red State? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I I enjoyed Red State. I am not. I am not totally devoid of liking Kevin Smith. Uh, there's Red Kevin State. Smith, yeah. Well, I mean, Jersey Jersey Girl. I actually thought was a really cute movie. I don't like Jersey Girl. Oh, you have no heart, man. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I haven't seen that one yet. I'm all heart. I'll have you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, that's that's Jer- the, well, that's Jersey the- Girl. It's it's Ben Affleck and he and and uh, Jennifer Lopez have a daughter. Luckily, Jennifer Lopez is in the movie for all of like five minutes, so you don't have to deal with her. Uh, and it's him raising the kid by himself. Um, and he's a movie exec, and and or yeah, he's a movie exec, and he ends up doing something really stupid and losing his job and he's got to deal with it and you know stuff like that but it's mainly about him and his relationship with his daughter who through most of the movie she's about seven or eight years old something like that well okay and uh i thought it was really cute and you know Liv tyler's in it and she's in her underwear at some point in the film well now you have my attention She's not completely naked, but she does end up in her underwear at some point. In a shower. I used to live near her. Really? Yeah. She used to live in Headingley in Leeds. Oh, okay. Cool. Because she married someone from Leeds, which is odd in and of itself. But then they moved to Leeds and like just around the corner from where I was. Hmm. Never saw her, so it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> she may as well have lived in Hollywood or the moon. <laughs> You know, it was only a story. Like, oh, she is there. Craig says he saw her. Oh, no, he doesn't. He said someone at work where he worked saw her. <laughs> okay. And the story, because it was when we'd all just left uni and Craig got a job, uh, I believe it was Safeway uh, Supermarket, because uh, he had a job there as a student. So they let him just move to the Leeds one and have a job straight away. And he said she came, apparently, while he wasn't there, she came in, bought Lord of the Rings on DVD three times and left. Of course she did. Yeah, because what else would Liv Tyler be buying from the supermarket? <laughs> of course she's I've buying I've been told Lord. that on a night that I was not there, the video store that I worked at had Tim Allen come in and rent some movies and leave. But surely you came back the next night to return them, though. 
Mm, nope. Then he stole me, movies. Not to say they, they were never returned. Here's the thing. Tim Allen is originally from this area. He uh-huh. went to he went to college, the, the college that is like, say, a five minute drive from where I'm sitting right now. Mm, OK, it is where he went to college. So he has family here in town. As the story goes, he was visiting, um, a, uh, I think, a sister who lives here in town. And uh, he came down to rent some movies at our store and then left again. So if they were returned, they were either dropped off in the drop box outside the building or. His family member, whoever lives local, dropped them off, but he was not seen returning them. But apparently he was seen coming into the store, renting movies and leaving again. I choose to believe that he rented Jungle to Jungle, though I'm certain that did not happen. Nobody rented Jungle to Jungle. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be ridiculous. Although it bothers me, I've probably seen it about three times. Oh, I'm sorry. If not more. It's got Martin Short. It's not. It's not awful. It's got the dude from Enterprise. What is it, Malcolm? He's in it. In Jungle to Jungle. Yeah, he is. Yeah. The Jungle to Jungle starring Tim Allen. Jungle yeah. To Jungle? Yeah. Well, he's in Heroes too, but that's beside the point. Yeah. <laughs> he's in it, right? Because at one point in the movie Jungle to Jungle, starring Tim Allen and Martin Short, the put. The uh, what is it? Tim Allen's wife is having like a reality show made of her, and the director is some weird pre- uh, pretentious British guy. That's Malcolm. Oh, okay. He plays a pretentious British slash Irish guy pretty well. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> much his, his whole deal, there, isn't it? <laughs> and not anymore now, obviously, because when did you last see him in anything? Heroes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Yeah, so I didn't even know he was in. Wait, are you talking about the original or Heroes Reborn? The new, the first one. He was in season. The, the, he the was in the storyline where Peter got kidnapped. He yeah. was one of the Irish oh, dudes. Oh yeah, when he like disappeared and then reappeared somewhere in Ireland with no memory of who he was because the writers didn't have any idea what they were doing. Uh, well, the writer it was it was killed by the <laughs> writers. Yeah, that's what happens to me when I think of heroes too much of the original heroes. That's what happens if I stick on it too long. Uh, it was killed by the writers' strike. Killed by the writers' strike. That's why that season happened. It was like it was. half a season of Blur followed by half a season of Oh shit, we made half a season of Blur. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. They started off good, but then it because of the writer's strike it just killed them. Yeah. So the, they were also undercut <laughs> by the fact that the that the higher ups, the executives at the network, wanted the same actors and the same characters to come back for more because that's what the audience wanted. And the the showrunners, the guys who created it, came back to them saying, No, this was its own story. We can do another season, but it's gonna be new characters. We already told this story. We can tell more stories if you want. They said, no, we want these characters back again. It's like, well, you know, we're going to have to like come up with excuses for why these guys are able to come back, even though one of them very clearly died at the end. We're going to have to bring them back somehow. We're going to have to revamp powers. We're going to have to change the setting. And we have to come up with new stories for these guys because we're not prepared to do that. And the executive said, do it. Okay. I would. And then we ended up getting what we got, which led us to that god-awful fucking circus season. I didn't mind the circus season. Season three was shit, though. Yeah. Hey, let's turn Siler into the Petrelli kid. Um, what? <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> that was the dumbest ending in in TV history. <laughs> I'm just saying. 
You haven't seen Dexter, obviously. No, I never touched Dexter. I never ever watched it because I heard it started out good and by about what season four, it was shit. It started out great. Season four was amazing. It was an outstanding oh, okay. season of television. And then starting with season five, they were on a downward slope until by season eight, I was hate watching it. I was mm. watching the show so I could make fun of it. That sounds like me with True Blood. <laughs> season one, awesome. Season two, eh, season three, mm, and onward. There was no point. <laughs> it, it, it endangered Broadchurch for me because when I got to season two of Broadchurch, the uh, de- defense attorney was played by a woman who had a, um, a, a featured guest role in, I want to say season eight of Dexter. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that colored my opinion of her so badly. I, she had to work hard to make me like her in Broadchurch. She succeeded, but whew, it was tough. Mm. Understood. Well, there's just some shows that they just go on too long and they run out of steam. And hate watching is good though. Straczynski had the right idea. He said five seasons of Babylon Five. That's it. We're done. (laughs) You know what I've realized? I'm hate watching life, and that's why I'm still going. I think that's. (laughs) I'm only I'm only carrying on because I hate it so fucking much, and I want to see how annoying it gets. That's. That's clearly mm. my motivation. Why do you get up in the morning? Well, it's there. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, I'm hate watching life. That's th- I need that on a t-shirt now. Oh, that's this. Uh, this went this went dark. <laughs> this went fast in an ugly direction. Sorry, I didn't yeah. mean it to be so dark. I just thought that was amusing. <laughs> it's okay to laugh. Don't worry. I was genuinely joking. Do you want to talk about something more fun? Let's talk about some movie news because, you know, that's what the show's about, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> let's do that. Well, we were talking about Star Wars. I mean, in in general, everyone's still pretty excited for Star Wars, I think. People want it. As if no one's going to see fucking Star Wars. God's sake. I'm just trying to ignore it, but also getting a little bit of excitement. Chris mm-hmm. Rock's hosting the Oscars. Oh, I care significantly less about that than I, do when I, than I did when I posted that. <laughs> so it's not interesting at all. I felt like I'd posted more than this. I need to check our other Tumblr blogs to see if I've accidentally posted stuff to those. <laughs> it wouldn't uh, be the first time. Well, I mean, okay. So how about we, Scott? You wanted to talk about Die Hard. Um, yes, it has been um, announced that uh, ideas are being kicked around. I don't think I don't know if the movie's been confirmed, but they are making plans for another diehard film because it's absolutely what we need considering that diehard five uh otherwise known as a good day to die this movie series just die already please just <laughs> die was there die, a diehard die, die, five die, die. <laughs> i don't think i've Actual seen actual title i don't think i've seen diehard five um oh neither have i uh, and you're I probably love, better off. I, mean, I love Die Hard. The first but, three are good. From there, probably not worth watching. I, I think yeah, but, Die Hard 3 is a spectacular action movie. It's mm-hmm. it's down near a perfect action movie. In fact, I think it would be hard to complain about any aspect unless you were just sat being an arsehole and picking at it. Um, <laughs> it it's it's hard to, to fault Die Hard 3. I think it's... 
I, I know that a lot of people have a fondness for the first one and the, the first one is a significant action movie. It's great. And I, again, I don't have a problem with it, but I enjoy the third one more. Two's a piece of shit, but I enjoy the third one more. I like two. But- two, two is a guilty pleasure. That much I will certainly give it. Um, but I agree. Three is a fine film. One is the, the first, the original is still my favorite. But then we get to live free or die hard. And that's when <laughs> things start going off the rails because that's yeah. the film where Bruce Willis clearly goes from being John McClane, uh, every man, uh, police officer with uh, bad luck. And he becomes a superhero. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything he does in that film is superhuman. Every, uh, every near death scrape that he works his way out of, would be impossible for literally anyone else. It's when we get near the end of the film and he is surfing on top of a Harrier jet before leaping multiple stories from that jet onto a broken piece of expressway and sliding down the thing like a goddamn slip and slide (laughs) that's on fire and made of stone. Yet when he gets to the bottom of it, he gets up, dusts himself off a little bit, and keep on walking. Well, that's just the difference between men like you and me and men like John McClane, I think. I guess. Was for the one with the with the car that flipped over him? Uh, yeah. For, and where he kills a helicopter with a car. That's, that's the one. Yeah. Yes. Because he was out of bullets. <laughs> that's yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, Bruce. Bruce, Bruce, Bruce. <laughs> are, you not, are you not rich enough? Are you struggling for movie projects? Just don't do it again. They won't. They won't make one without him. Well, considering the new one is supposed to be a prequel. Uh-huh. Yeah. According to the news story, it's going to go back and show us the origin of the character because Die Hard One didn't show us the origin of the character at all. No, of course not. Yeah. We have to go back even further and say, look at this, this guy who had this this harrowing, unprecedented ordeal in this high rise. Well, the, clearly that wasn't the first time for him. I, I need. Oh, I need to go and become a high-level movie executive so I can fire people that come up with this shit. <laughs> well, they're doing all these origin stories. They just did Maleficent, and they're getting ready to do the Queen of Hearts. That's another one that's going to be coming out. Uh, you know, so Cap- Captain Hook has his own origin story coming out if it's not out already. Oh, the pan thing, yeah, yeah. which I've heard is not very good. <clears throat> Peter, Pan, Peter Pan is a weird freaky concept anyway once you when you really analyze watch the honest trailers for peter pan they've got a spot on honestly which one there's so many uh, uh, versions of peter pan is what i'm saying uh oh. the uh oh the disney one they have a go yeah, the, the disney animated. one yeah well there's a I, I mentioned the other week there's an honest trailer they did with the animated peter pan is like look at all the racism in this film oh Isn't yeah <laughs> It's it's horrendous. Um, yeah. Mm. So, so die- that's that news story. They're they're going to make a Die Hard six, and it's going to mm-hmm. something. Yeah, it's well, going. Yeah. And they're already talking about that. Oh, there's my husband sneezing. There's already talk about uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt possibly playing Bruce, and I'm like, mm, he could pull it off considering he did a Looper very well, actually. But that was a completely different character. He's he's got more sense than to do that. I think. He's got other shit to do, you know? So yeah. 
No, I've got. I've actually got faith in Joseph Gordon-Levitt as a a responsible, creative person that, as yet, has yet to show a you know a tendency to just make something for the money or because it's there or something like that. I, I think he does stuff because it, it'll be worth watching. Except that one with the tightrope walking thing. I'll watch it one day. It might be good, you know, and then I'll feel like an ass. But until then, I'm struggling to see the point of it still. Yeah, speaking of Oscar. Hey, I'm back, sorry. Thinking, hey. Uh, oh, welcome back. I, I kept thinking that, that The Wire was, was Joseph Gordon-Levitt's Oscar bait. It, quite possibly, because he's being French as well, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Because there are no French actors that could play that role. So he's being French, and I'm being Think about that. Why you can? See, we, it doesn't been have to be French. Weeks now, it's yeah. like they keep whitewashing shit. I'm like, okay, I get it, but you're trying to get a big name to try and get seats in the theater. But sometimes you don't need a big name to get seats in the theater with certain films. I, um, oh, they do with this one though, because it's not a great story. What, what's the story? So, between two the twin towers. Yeah. Before the. You know, so back in the seventies, he did that. So you get this. Here's the story: It's about a man who wants to walk on a tightrope between the t- two uh, World Trade Center buildings. Does he do it? Yeah. Oh, that's that's it then. He did, <laughs> you know, well, it, you have to make it dramatic. It's like in and of itself. Yeah, it's impressive. I wouldn't fucking do it, and he really did do it. Go and watch the documentary film Man on Wire that features the actual guy telling you how he did it with the actual video footage of him actually doing it, as opposed to watching a dramatization of it, which will just be full of bullshit with Joseph Gordon-Levitt being French. Mm-hmm. You can you can see it's not like it's a secret thing. There's an actual movie about it already, and it's far more impressive. And it's actually not that impressive, hmm. but it is. You know what? I, I don't know. Tightrope walking is this, is as hard from the trade center buildings as it is ten feet off the ground. Just remember that. They're just higher to fall off. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The actual task itself, it makes no difference how high the tightrope is. It's just showmanship. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, if he could do it on the ground, he could do it up there. I suppose it was windier. As if I'm making fun of this guy after he walked on the fucking time. Anyway, shut up, Richard. (sighs) Anyway, what were we doing? I got onto a rant then. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, like you haven't... Anyway, um, what else should we talk about? It was Bad to the Future Day. On Wednesday, yes. Yeah. We're going to discuss that tomorrow, right? <laughs> we got to do a Back to the Future episode on Tech It or Leave It. We do. We'll mention Yes, we'll absolutely mention it. <sighs> All right. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, Back to the Future Day was on Wednesday, for those who don't know, which is according to Back to the Future 2, the day, October 21st, 2015, is when Marty, Jennifer, and the Doc come to 2015. So from now on, Back to the Future trilogy is set entirely in the past. Yes. No, no part of it is yet to come. It is all behind us. And mm-hmm. with the with the arrival of that day, that special Back to the Future day, the internet and uh, Facebook specifically were filled to bursting with the exact same four jokes all day long. <laughs> of course they were. <laughs> Which, Which is the, the, the future... Their their future was great, but ours sucks. So that's wrong. Or 
Yeah, I guess it was only one joke that it was filled with. I was going to say, that, <laughs> and, and all the things they predicted, only two of them actually came true. So, Yeah, where's my hoverboard, you bastards? That was all I wanted. That was all anybody wanted. Why has somebody not spent the last 30 years working on hoverboards? Like we, we get, we can, well, they have, we have a hoverboard that Lexus has made, but it's technically not oh, a hoverboard. Yeah, it uses magnets and rubbish. That I want that as the future hoverboard. Yeah. You've had thirty years, thirty years. We've got iPads now and no hoverboard. I'd rather have had well, a hoverboard. They spent those past thirty years making a pair of Nike shoes that lace themselves. It only takes five times as long as the pair in the movie does, and mm-hmm. they're going to cost. They're going to be prohibitively expensive. Um, they did that. Oh, and they also arranged to make Pepsi bottles look like the ones in the movie, and it yes. will only cost, from what I hear, what twenty dollars a bottle. Twenty dollars oh, a bottle for Pepsi Perfect. What? Yeah. Yep. Is it got liquid gold in? <laughs> uh, no, it's just it's shaped like the future this and it says pepsi perfect on the label that's the only real difference it's the same pepsi inside is it delivered to your house by megan fox and she's your girlfriend for the evening what <laughs> i don't 20 it comes that, that would be the 50 dollar bottle yeah <laughs> that's disturbingly no, cheap it's, it's- it's delivered it's by a, a chi- it's deli- delivered by a child version of Elijah Wood in neon clothing, who then berates your video games for needing uh, controllers that use your hands, and then he leaves. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Just contemplating was, the idea. I think that of was a... his very first movie role was Back to the Future too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he was all what five when he did that. <laughs> you have to use your hands. Then he's your hands. What? That's a kid's toy. Yeah. Brilliant film. film. I love it so much. I love them all. Uh, I remember reading the book of Back to the Future 3 in anticipation of it coming out and being frustrated with plot differentiation. Why why does the novelization of the movie differ in plot from the movie? Because they usually take it from an earlier draft of the script. Ah. That makes it never occurred to me. It's only been thirty years, and I that has never occurred to me. <laughs> well, they they have to get the thing written in time to put the book out at the same time as the movie. So mm-hmm. when the author gets the script to write it from, as long as it takes him to write it, they have all that time to ch- make changes to the script uh, when they're filming it. So yeah, you end up getting a whole bunch of different things. Yeah, they may they probably hadn't even started editing or that sort of thing. Yeah. Fair enough. You know, I saw those films out of order. I saw one, That's three, then two. How, how oh, does that happen? So you have to see them in order because especially how much two is linked to three. Yeah, well, that did not happen for me. Back to the future. So, yes, I, I found myself confused by uh, at, at the beginning and at the very end, I found myself very confused because I didn't have any, like when Jennifer holds up a fax from the future, it's like, what facts from the future? What? What? Facts? What? What should I didn't indicate in the second one where she the got number, the facts saying you're fired. Surely the number three in the title had indicated that you'd missed one. Oh, well, I, I, I mean, knew I had missed one, yeah. which is why when I went to the uncle that, that took me and my cousin to go see it, that's why I asked him to give me a, a tutorial, a quick primer on what might have happened in the second one. Right. So I could understand the third one. He missed off the facts bit, though. Clearly. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, very much was left off. I don't think he really wanted to give me the tutorial. <laughs> I, I, that, yeah. You know what? That is one technology from back to the future too. I wish we had because essentially what you can do is make a Fax print. machines. Well, the, essentially what it is, is the ability to print something out in somebody else's house. And I think the the opportunity for hilarity there is overwhelming. Did this ever happen with fax machines? Like, I mean, like the the temptation to fax your bottom to somebody must just be very difficult to deal with at some point. Oh, is we just, just do that with my, email now. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's what Snapchat's for, isn't it? Yeah, but the only things that have really come true so far from Back to the Future 2 is we do have thumbprint scanners now. Yeah, we do. And we do have devices that can automatically be called to, even though in the film they had the goggle things. Those were kind of cell phones. (laughs) Yeah, and they were a bit Google Glass as well. Yeah. Multiple channel television with voice activation. That's true. That's number three. That's one. Um, there but are a couple. No flying cars. No. No. Self lazing uh, sneakers. No jaws. No three dimensional holograms. Yeah, <laughs> uh, not yet. Anyway, we still need that. We need, uh, you know, it, all that stuff. I was having to explain to Allison that you know the concept of the flying cars is actually relatively straightforward. You can make a flying car, and. You know, there's really no problem there because it's a little plane. That is Mm -hmm. fine, making a flying car. But what people want is there to be hundreds of thousands. I don't know how many millions of cars there are on British roads. But, yeah, if they all flew, we'd all be killed one day. (laughs) You'd all be killed in one day. Yeah, um, that's yeah, that's what I'm saying. Very. Imagine Monday morning, eight o'clock, and trying to get into like Manchester. I imagine that's quite a congested bit of road, you know. And mm. so imagine having to. You can't do that in a plane because what planes can't do is stop moving, because mm-hmm. then they tend to fall out of the sky. So you, that's the trouble. You can't queue them up. You can't have flying traffic lights and stuff like that. So until we invent anti-gravity, it's it's not doable, really. Now, if they operated the same way that, say, for example, a drone operates, then they could move themselves into a hover mode and the cars could hover in place. That's fine. The trouble is you get one impatient flying car driver who decides, no, I should be in front and cut someone else off. What on the road would be, you know, some brakes, a little swerving, uh, some cursing, and that's it. Or in a in a worse situation, a bumped fender that will immediately result in a domino effect of dozens of flying cars knocking into each other and falling out of the sky because now they've been tilted on their side or upside down, can't stay aloft, and they all drop. Buildings go down, people are flattened. Any vehicle that they hit on the way down will also be similarly knocked akimbo, and then they're falling as well. It's all a bad idea. Jetpacks follow the same kind of problems. Um, although, do you know what? I think you just remove the pilot from the equation altogether. That's you, the answer. Is you don't have the human fly the thing because humans that do would be shit the like that. Route. Yeah, humans do shit like that. You don't have a human fly it. You have your computer fly it i would imagine your iphone or your android device would fly it 
and you just get in. Maybe you don't even own one. Maybe they're just flying around up there and you open up the drone app on your phone and call one to you when you need it and it takes you home or whatever. And then, uh. oh, you see, I'm solving the future now. This is brilliant. That's that's how you do yeah. it. Uh, well, I also forgot one other technology that has kind of some come to pass. Being able to talk to someone on the other side of a screen. Granted, in the movie, it was their TV. Yeah, that's but, true. But we have Skype and, and so forth to do that now. Well, <laughs> hey, yeah. I mean, look, Skype's built into my dad's TV. So, you know, why the hell not? It's That's it, isn't it? That's the mm-hmm. same thing. It's got a little camera on top of the TV. This might have been a couple of TVs ago, though. Now I think about it. I think it... Has he still got the one that you can wave at? I mean, mother sets it off. It might have... That's hilarious. You can wave, <laughs> at, wave at the TV, but my mum gesticulates when she talks a lot. She uses her hands a lot, and the TV always picks her up so she can be talking and turn the TV off and things Oops. like that. Um... <laughs> <clears throat> so but that's yeah that's got the camera on you can do skype i could skype right into my mum and dad's living room right now i that's a hideous thought i don't want to do that but <laughs> i could the technology is there um i don't know anyone else nor has ever anyone ever done it and i've never spoken to anyone on skype video chat and they've been in their living room so i don't know mm-hmm. how popular that is as a thing to do but it's possible there must be other things from Back to the Future 2 that came true. Are the Cubs in the World Series? Is that a thing? They lost. Oh, okay, well, that was bollocks. Um, so on Back to the Future Day, it was possible, but apparently since then, that possibility has uh, flown away. Mm-hmm. They wow. lost four straight, right, Scott? I don't pay attention. Okay, when people thanks. were saying, when people were saying this part might come true, they're in the playoffs. I was like, oh, really? Okay. No, they lost all all the games in their playoff. So, sorry, Cubs. <laughs> we don't have Cubs over here. Uh, well, you guys don't, don't have baseball over there, do no, you? No, no. You have cricket. Sadly, yes. Which I, I think <laughs> is is. Some people love cricket, right? It's it's a huge thing, and we have to acknowledge that a lot of countries in the world play a lot of cricket. I think it's possibly one of the most boring things humankind has ever created. It's up there with accountancy and, hmm. you know, other things like that. It, it's just, I don't understand why people made that up. When we were in an empty world that could be filled with anything, somebody chose to fill it with cricket. And, <laughs> so uh, I've heard know. the longest game in history, sports game in history, was a cricket game that took fourteen days. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. I would imagine. <laughs> I know it's generally played for sort of a number of days. It, it's not you don't just have a quick game of cricket anymore, or ever. Sorry, it just doesn't happen. I, I don't get why they decided that. Why it shouldn't be like 90 minutes, like a game of football or however long a game of rugby is, but it's not several days, they'd all be killed. They couldn't play rugby for several days. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I hate cricket so, so very much. I'm, and I'm sorry to those of you who love it. It's just not for me. I don't feel it's a sport when you go in for tea. That, that's just my opinion. And it might be wrong, you might disagree. But if you can wear a jumper, talk on a phone, and have to go into tea, then it's it's not a sport. 
So then you don't like golf either. No, don't like golf either. <laughs> golf has a similar premise. And you know what? I think it, a lot of these, especially the cricket, because you don't play golf at school, but the cricket comes from playing cricket badly at school. And, you know, it, it's one of those games like golf that it's good when it's your go. If you're batting at cricket, it's great fun. If you stood on the boundary waiting for somebody to possibly hit the ball in your direction so you can attempt to catch them out, then it is the most boring thing known to man. Mm-hmm. That, oh, I think we lost Scott. Yeah. Because oh, that's well. essentially just standing in a field. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's not great. I imagine baseball suffers from a similar problem. If well, you, be- baseball is based off of cricket. So. Yeah. But, you, you know, you've got the, if you're batting, good fun. Maybe pitching, good fun. Maybe being on a base adds to the, the pleasure. But being stuck at the back of the field, you go out there in case they attempt to hit a home run. And you think, we're nine, we're at school, no one's hitting a home run, but I'll just go over there and stand quietly for this entire period. Yeah, I, I can relate. When I did softball when I was in school, I was in the outfield. <laughs> it for was me, it was kickball. Kickball. kickball was great, though. What's kickball? Uh, Kickball is baseball, but instead of a bat and a little tiny ball, you have a big bouncy ball and you kick it. That sounds like an American thing to do. It yeah, generally, generally for generally for young school children. Yeah, yeah, that's no. We just play sport, and then you then you got dodgeball, which is much more fun. <laughs> that re- more that ruthless. one really is just you guys. You know, we don't do that. Oh, <laughs> well, you need to. You need a health and safety. The Department of the Government is what you need. <laughs> you you need you need somebody from the council that when a school says, well, we're going to throw things at the children, the person from the council is there to go, what? Are you you want to throw things at the children? Specifically hard bouncy like, balls. Yes, we all want to throw <laughs> things at the children, but do you know how lawsuits happen? By throwing things at children. That's one of the main ways. So they, yeah, we have a health and safety person and it's their job to make sure everybody is being healthy and safe. See, the dodgeball that we played at my school back in the day was we always played it in the gym and you had kids on either side with a few balls. Some of them were big. Some of them were little tiny balls you could just grab and throw, right? And if you hit the backboard of the, of the basketball on the other side, you would get one person back in who had been kicked out. If you got a basket, you got all your team back in. <laughs> it was actually pretty fun that way. How did they deal with the, the training bit where they throw like wrenches at you and stuff? Well, with no, with no wrenches involved. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> dodgeball quotes, everybody. Dodgeball from the movie Dodgeball. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah, with yeah, Ben Stiller yeah. and uh, the other, guy, the tall guy, Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. Yeah, with Justin yeah. Long, Stephen Root, and Alan Tudyk. It was. Mm-hmm. It, do you know what? That might have been the last good Vince Vaughn movie I saw. Uh, I have to really? look at, yeah, oh, I've seen, it's not by any means the last Vince Vaughn movie I've, I've seen, but certainly the best good one. Uh, I heard he was good in Wedding Crashers. It's, do you know what? I don't ever blame him. It would be unfair to say he is bad in something because he does his thing. He turns up, he is Vince Vaughn, and, and he's, he's done. And that is fine if that's what you want. Let's see. Beak, right. So starting after Dodgeball, Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy. Okay. So that would be the last good uh, one. <laughs> then Wake Up Ron Burgundy, the last movie. That was not good. 
No, it was. I, I wanted it to be so much better than it was. Yeah, be <laughs> cool, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Wedding crashes, the breakup into the wild. Hated that film, Fred Claus. Oh, Fred Claus, I enjoyed. Oh, that's right. He played the brother. Yeah, right? so. I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed that. It was that was nice. But then he followed that up with Four Christmases, and that made me want to hunt him down and burn him. Uh, <laughs> then Couples Retreat, which confirmed my feelings for him from the last movie. <laughs> Um, the dilemma. I think I saw that on TV not long ago, and that was just offensively bad. The watch, mm. awful. The internship, oh for fucks. Yeah, I got five minutes into that. Delivery man. I feel like I no, I haven't seen that. It sounds like he's going the route of Adam Sandler, just doing a bunch of shit films. Yeah, for, he is for he, money. He's just doing insta. The internship is just upsetting. <laughs> Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn go to work at Google. <laughs> no. Mm. Actually, if you ever saw him way back in the sw- in Swingers, he was great in that. He was great in Swingers. This is why I, was, I don't have a problem with Vince Vaughn. I just have a problem with a lot of the shit he's in. Well, he wasn't that great in the Psycho remake either. Do you know, I've never sat and watched it. You're, well, okay. There was It was a valiant effort because they were trying to do it shot for shot of the original, just with different actors and in color. Mm. why would you do that why would you i don't get why you do that i have been asking that question literally since the movie was made i don't understand the point of a shot for shot remake if you're going to make a shot for shot remake then here's what you do don't do that just watch the (laughs) original stop doing it have you found yourself making a shot for shot remake stop now put down your camera and walk away immediately that's mm. it needs to be done just stop. well okay in the other direction when they did the remake of cape fear oh that's my husband laughing in the background okay uh but when they did the remake of cape fear that was not completely shot for shot but it had the same exact music the music as from cape fear is amazing though Mm-hmm. You can't change the music from Cape Fear. It's all about the the music. Is as much a character of Cape in Cape Fear as uh, is it Max Cady is, and yeah, the Robert De Niro version is much better than the original. Although yeah. the original is pretty good. Well, Robert Mitchum did a very good job for, with the original. De Niro just took it that much higher and made him even more sadistic it's one of my favorite de niro roles because he's not being an italian gangster but he is still (laughs) being good and those two things don't necessarily coincide all that often he's usually Hmm. he's usually not good or he's an italian gangster that that is what i found with robert de niro i'm not oddly enough i prefer robert de niro films where robert de niro plays someone other than robert de niro which is rare. Very rare. Right. Very rare. But he does it brilliantly. I mean, he's Robert fucking De Niro, for God's sake. Who the hell are we to criticize that man in any way at all? Yeah, at the same <laughs> time. Seriously, dude, those ones with Billy Crystal? Really? I get that Billy Crystal's probably a really nice guy, and he asked you, and you thought, what the hell, I'll go and hang out with Billy Crystal for a couple of weeks. He'll make me laugh. He was good in Princess Bride and Soap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So, mate, I'll go and do that. And then you end up, you're in two shit movies. 
Actually, my absolute favorite role, besides him a taxi driver, and of course Cape Fear, is his role in Stardust, because it was so not De Niro that it was hilarious. I have never seen this. Have you even seen Stardust? Well, okay. In Stardust, he plays this captain of of these pirates, right? But it turns out he's a cross-dresser. Cross-dressing captain of pirates? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Sky pirates. Do you know what these pirates collect in the sky? Stars. Lightning. Uh, Lightning. Ah. But he's a, he, he has a whole, like, closet of effeminate clothing Not, there's nothing wrong with cross-dressing let me just point that out but it's so anti-de niro like from what what he normally plays i thought it was just absolutely hilarious and he seemed to have a an, an absolute fun time doing the part <laughs> fair enough and for a bit of the character that was made entirely for the film it, it it's a, and I I will admit I have not seen the movie, which I know sounds odd considering how much of a fan I am of Neil Gaiman. I like almost everything that he has written, uh-huh. and Stardust is a fantastic book by Neil Gaiman. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen the movie because when I first had the opportunity to see it, it was not in the theaters; it was on DVD. But the DVD that I got my hands on was full screen and not mm-hmm. widescreen, and I refused to watch it. Because it was not widescreen. This uh, was still yeah, somewhat early in the days of DVD. And I yeah. just haven't gotten around to watching it since then. I should get uh, it. I should yeah, it. you need to. If anything, Michelle Pfeiffer does an amazing job as the villain. I mean, I've had people tell me that they're scared to death of her in this film. <laughs> you know, because she's so scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it introduces us all to the wonderfulness that is Charlie Cox. And uh, <laughs> Mr. Daredevil, mm-hmm. and you know, it, it, it's it, all together. I mean, it has actually has Henry Cavill in it, and he's got blonde hair. <laughs> There's a lot of actors who are now more famous than when they were in this film, in the movie. Um, but uh, it's a cute little story. It's just a fairy tale, and and it's not exactly the same as a book, but. Whatever it is check. I think Stardust is on Netflix. I would check, Scott. Yeah, I'm gonna do that right now. Should we move on to Netflix? Let's move then? on to yeah, because we've kind of I, we 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 do a trailer section, obviously, but all we've t- all the news has been about trailers. <laughs> <laughs> so what what do you do? I hey, mm-hmm. I saw the Star Wars trailer this week. Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's pretty much we've all that it. we need to talk about. <laughs> now, have we have we discussed our thoughts on on that particular trailer? No, we have not. Okay, on this show because we probably should. Okay, do that. Yeah. What What are your thoughts on that particular trailer? I have I, nothing well, to say about it. By the way, I, I, it's it's a movie trailer. Lots of bits will be out of context. There's very little point in putting much stock in it. The movie's going to come out soon. So just watch the fucking movie. Um, I, I, oh, Siri's been writing all of this down while I've been sat here. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to analyze a trailer frame by frame. I, my enthusiasm for anything has long since waned for, uh, to that degree. Well. I was like, uh, I, I've actually, because with the Star Wars trailers, I have to watch them multiple times because there's just so much in them. 
Um, the one that made us laugh so much was like, da da da, and here's Harrison Ford, and here's Harrison Ford again, and here's Carrie Fisher for like a split second. Yeah. <laughs> Are they ashamed to show her? Or what the- I think they just want to make it very clear that Harrison Ford is absolutely in this movie. <laughs> but there was no pictures of Mark Hamill whatsoever yet. I think he's going to be the baddie. There. Uh, they haven't. Uh, what they've said so far is that the two new characters, the 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 uh, the two new characters, Ren and I forget the black guy's name. The character um, is Ray and Finn. Ray and Finn. Okay, what they're setting this up for is those two have to go rescue Luke from somewhere, and uh, in the process, I believe Finn is force sensitive and he learns from Luke to become a Jedi. Now, I have been hearing rumors that Ray is uh, going to be revealed to be. Um, the daughter of the solos and I've heard a further rumor that states that she is the daughter of Han and Leia and Kylo Ren who uh, is played by Adam Driver he's the guy with the the hilted the cross guard red lightsaber mm-hmm. yeah there's a further rumor that he is um, her twin brother oh so they are keeping the, the, the twins possibly well, this, this is a very rough theory, and I really don't know that I put a whole lot of stock into it, uh, be, because I don't think that it would make a whole lot of sense for them to throw out the entire expanded universe of Star Wars and then take so much from it to put in this movie. So to have um, uh, solo twins, mm-hmm. one being a hero and the other being a Sith, and they have to fight each other... I, I find that to be unlikely, especially since we don't see any real indications that Ray is force sensitive, but we see that Finn probably is because he's the one that's about to use a lightsaber and fight another guy. Specifically so, Kylo Ren. So Yeah. Now I I doubt that they're going to have Luke Skywalker be any sort of an antagonist in the film, but I suspect we're not going to see him until the very end of episode seven. It seems with with as they have made a sport in the, the, the lead up to this film of building anticipation, give people just a little less than they want. So everyone is constantly starving for more about this film. Cause you'll notice after this trailer, we still don't know what the plot is for this movie. Yeah. <laughs> we have no idea. We have no idea what this movie is about yet. Everyone is crazy for this trailer that shows that whoever's doing the marketing for this is a goddamn genius because they've gotten everyone in the world wanting to see this film whilst simultaneously having no idea what the movie's about. Well, so kudos to them for that. Yeah. (laughs) Kudos to them for that. And well done JJ for making a film that is apparently going to be so good yet not telling us what it's about. So we can't judge the story. We can't say, oh, that story element sounds awful. No, he's not going to give us that chance. He's going to make us go to the theater to find out what the story is first, and then we can start talking about it. And I would think with as much of a focus as they're putting on building anticipation in this series, the last thing we see in Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens will be Luke Skywalker. He'll have one line, and then go to credits. 
That would be a waste of having Mark Hamill be in all the promotion stuff, though. Well, we haven't oh, seen Mark Hamill in any of the promotion stuff. Yeah. He's not been in any posters. We haven't seen him in any trailers or any teasers. We haven't seen hide nor hair of him. We've Technically, heard- we might have because you, had, you see that one shot of the guy with the mechanical arm t- touching R2-D2. Everyone if that's him, much said that probably is Luke. <laughs> right. And it wouldn't surprise me if it is him. But even that shot, that could be the end of the movie. It could. could be him there next to R2, puts a hand on me. He stands up, pulls back the hood. It's Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker. And he says something to Ray and Finn and then go to credits. And now everyone is left there wondering, what's the deal with Luke Skywalker? We've been waiting this long and we just now saw him. Now we have to wait another two years to see him say anything else. But you'll definitely come back to watch that movie. <laughs> yes, they will. Yes, they will. <laughs> you know? I would be willing to put down money to say that that's what's going to happen. Luke Skywalker is going to show up at the very end of the film, and that's how they close it. That would suck, though. Still, though, probably that. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that. I don't know. I, I can't believe I'm still talking about the fucking Star Wars trailer. <laughs> I'm going to talk about well, Netflix at, stuff. At and least you we can, have some you can join things in to say about not. it. I mean, yeah, yeah I, I don't mind. I'm talking. I'm just talking about Netflix now. I'm just going to move on. Uh, okay. And by the way, Stardust is on Netflix. Yep. I already added it to my list while we were talking. There you go. <laughs> All right. Anyway, all right. So Netflix picks. I've, this week. I've actually got quite a few here, and it, it's quite exciting. I'm on Canadian Netflix here, um, which is unusual. Uh, let's see. What did I watch the other night? So you've got a couple of new movies. It follows is just being put on there. That's a horror movie from last year, which mm-hmm. is quite creepy. Like, there's this thing that follows you really slowly, but it's always following you forever until it gets you. And that kind of stuff freaks me out a bit. And it's it's surprisingly well done. But you can you can pass it on to somebody else. Or something. I can't remember. But if it then gets that person, it will come back for you. So it's scary. The It follows. There you go. Mm-hmm. Well, they've they've added this is the end. That was pretty good. You know, there's there's a few things. That was surprisingly good. I thought it was going to be crap, but it was actually pretty funny. Yeah, it's a bit of fun. It's not it's not the greatest comedy film of all time or anything, you know. And in in many years, we'll probably not remember it or whatever. But I enjoyed it. I've seen it a couple of times. I can never remember. I always get this is the end confused with some other movie that I can't remember uh, the title. What was that? Is it The World's End? Is that the one you I think so. Because This Is The End is the Seth Rogen one. Okay, and, the and, end and of the, the World's World. End is the, the third in the Cornetto trilogy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. Arguably the weakest one of those, but it's also on Netflix if you want to check that out. UK Netflix, that one. Ah, damn. Well, I'm going to try my luck. Hold on. In actual fact, I would also recommend... I was looking for this now. Since we've talked about Back to the Future, there's a documentary called Back in Time, uh, which has just been released on Netflix, which is a really good, lengthy uh, documentary about the Back to the Future trilogy, and I I recommend it a lot. Nice, lengthy interviews with Spielberg and Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale and Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd and everybody else. 
that was connected with the films. Well worth a watch. And it, it covers all, you know, sort of the release of the films and the making of them, but also the fan phenomenon behind it all and how obsessed people are with it. The people who've built their own DeLorean time machines that obviously don't work and all that sort of thing. It's well worth a watch. Back in time. And I think that's on Netflix everywhere from what I can see. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. I found it here. Um, I have one more as well. Sorry. See, I've been busy on Netflix this week. This might just be on UK Netflix, but it's called From Bedrooms to Billions, and it's about the rise of the British computer game industry right back from the 70s. If you're into computer games, you need to see this. If you're into cool. computers, you should watch it, because the British computer industry in the 70s and 80s was amazing, and it, it's like one day we just sort of gave up. Uh, but... Yeah, it's it's well worth a watch. I'm only part way through it because it's like two hours twenty minutes. Uh, so I've what's the title again? From bedrooms to billions. It might be on other Netflix as as well. I just haven't uh, looked for it. Uh, nope, not here. Yeah, or Canada. Yeah, I'm not seeing it. So th there you go. That's but a little something for the UK there. I should do that. We talk about US stuff all the time, and believe it or not, I'm British. I was also going to ask, was it this show someone said, don't watch a movie called The Pyramid? No. I never said that. No. Yeah, it doesn't sound familiar I to me. I feel no. like I've had done a show with Buzz where he's told me not to watch a film called The Pyramid, and I started watching it last night because it's on Netflix, and he said it was horrendous. And Might have been on The Omen when we did. Might have been that. But I started watching it, and I the worst thing was, was that I realized I've already seen this. <laughs> <laughs> and that took a good sort of 10, 15, maybe 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. like, no, I've seen this. Oh, suddenly I remember it. So there you go. I've watched lots of other stuff, but I'll stop reading it out now. What have you guys got? You want to go, Scott? Oh, okay. Well, I, I don't have much. Uh, my Netflix viewing has been uh, rather low of late for for whatever reason. I might have done like the ad documentary here and there, but um, I have spent more time than usual on other stuff because I, I need to keep up on uh, The Flash and Arrow, Gotham, Doctor Who. Uh, for reasons I still can't uh, explain, I'm keeping up with Blind Spot. Blind spot. I doubt that's going to be going on for much longer. Uh, it's a, what is it? Um, I think it's a Fox series um, with uh, Jamie Alexander, who played Lady Sif in the Thor films. Um, she is found in the middle of, I think it's Times Square in a duffel bag, uh, naked with her body covered in brand new tattoos and no memory of who she is. She has the name of an FBI agent tattooed on her back. So they find that agent and his team, and they find out that all these tattoos that are all over her are hints and clues to uh, crimes that are going to happen. So they're using these tattoos to track down these criminals and stop them before they can like blow up buildings and whatnot. Um, it's sort of interesting, but it is a bit too... Um, predictable a bit too cookie cutter a bit too network for my taste so i don't know if i'm going to be sticking with it i've already spent more time talking about that 
Um, and we've lost Scott. Oh no! We might get him back. He might be gone forever. Who knows? He's been on and off. While he's not talking, I'm going to remember uh, tell everybody I also watched the Keith Richards Under the Influence documentary, uh, and that was spectacular. So that's also on all Netflixes, I think. Oh, okay. So it's, that's worth a watch. Uh, well, all it really needs to be said is he took a lot of drugs and he's not dead yet. It's amazing, <laughs> though. It really is amazing. Allison's decided it was just quality narcotics. That's okay. that's the difference. If you're if you're Keith Richards, you can afford to get really nice heroin, you know, and <laughs> and that's that's what kept him alive. And plus, he, I don't think he really has taken a lot of heroin for a very long time, you know. Um, mm. But no doubt he did take a lot of heroin. Absolutely. I've read his book when he talks about all the heroin he took. And it was a lot. Scott, are you there? I think that Skype could tell that I was talking about Blind Spot and it had just fucking had enough. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, my actual Netflix pick, I'll just, I'll, I'll, Knock it out real, real fast. Um, it's a, a a quaint, small little film. Uh, had to be an independent film. That if it got a theatrical release, it was very narrow and very short. <clears throat> uh, the the film is titled "The Late Quartet." Um, I'd never heard of it before until I saw it on Netflix. I only found it because I did a search for Philip Seymour Hoffman, and mm. not many movies show up with his name on it on Netflix right now. One of them was "The Late Quartet." Um, the description on Netflix, let me bring it up real fast, is after working together for 25 years, members of a famous string quartet are faced with tragedy when their leader receives a grim medical diagnosis. Um, the film stars Philip Seymour Hoffman, um, Catherine Keener. Uh, another guy whose name I can't remember, but I've seen him in a few things, but nothing that really stuck in my mind. And as the leader of this quartet, Christopher Walken. Oh, well, there you go. You have me at Walken. So you, right. You yeah. got Catherine Keener, who is, especially when given good material, she can be outstanding. I I've, I've her only in, ever seen her in two other movies. <laughs> is, is one of them being John Malkovich? Yes. Well, then you're doing fine. Okay. <laughs> um, I, so she is a, a fine performer and she can do great stuff with good material given to her. Philip Seymour Hoffman, who's always a genius. I don't think I've ever seen him give a performance that I did not like and throw Christopher Walken into the mix. It doesn't even really matter what the plot is for the film because you're going to spend all your time just watching them and being riveted by what they do, especially when they're given the freedom to explore these small characters in a small, obviously a film written out of passion for the subject matter. Mm-hmm. This is not a blockbuster. This is not intended in any way, shape or form to bring a large audience anywhere. It's one screenwriter who had a tidy and precious story to tell. And he was able to do it and they got great performers to come in and, and do it. The plot itself it's probably not going to keep you talking for a long time afterward. It's basically here's a short window in the lives of these musicians. Um, 
Christopher Walken, the uh, um, the leader of the quartet, just to give you guys a bit of a peek a little bit later on in the film, he is diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, mm. which would make it difficult for a string player to play their instrument, mm-hmm. obviously. So they have that looming over them. Some other interpersonal issues between the other members of the quartet start um, coming into play and causing some friction. So it's the characters dealing with those uh, disagreements and that particular drama while being worried that their quartet might be coming apart anyway. Hmm. And then you just see how they handle that. And then you get to the end of the film and you see the resolution that they choose and then roll the credits. And throughout the whole thing, you have a lot of really beautiful music. (coughs) Excuse me. Yeah. It sounds very interesting. I mean, I love movies about uh, stuff like that. That sounds really cool. I'll put that in my queue. Yay. If if you have a a short amount of time, it's not like it was a really long film. It was an hour and 46 minutes. Okay. If you have an hour and 46 minutes to sit down and just shift into a, you know, a low key, uh, a slow gear and watch a pretty little story, mm-hmm. then it, it would be hard to go wrong with this one. So it's a, it's a fine film. Uh, I'm always hit or miss. I mean, as much as you love Philip Seymour Hoffman, I've some of the roles that I've seen him in, I think he's, he's either amazing or he's annoying as shit. And I'm not sure if that's, purposeful to make him as annoying as shit. Like him and Hannibal was, I was like, oh dude, he just needs to die. And luckily in that movie, spoiler alert, he did. But um, <laughs> stuff like that, I mean. I've forgotten he was in Hannibal. I had no idea. Yeah, he played the um, the reporter that ended up getting taped to the chair and set on fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> spoiler alert. Uh <laughs> Oh, come on. Hannibal's been out for, what, 20 years now? Yeah. You can, you can spoil and Hannibal. It, <laughs> and it doesn't deserve the uh, the protection of spoiler alerts. Mm. Uh, okay. Hannibal was not a, it was not a great movie. No. No. Not nearly as bad as the Hannibal Rising, but... Um, hmm. Hmm. I didn't even bother. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll continue my tradition of Halloween-type films. Uh, first one that I have, a, and I've had it in my queue for a while, but I've watched it like several times. It's, it's called Let the Right One In. I, I know you guys have probably yeah, heard of it. I believe this is the original, a, not the not the remake, the original. There is a movie you should see on Let the Right One In. There's there. I, there is. I must have missed that one. Um, so I'll just be, briefly be about it. It's about uh, a, a child who is bullied upon in both versions and ends up running into this creepy little girl who lives in the same apartment complex as him. They strike up a friendship and it turns out she is a vampire. And, uh, you know, it's not a typical vampire film. Now, people have told me, I've never seen the American remake. I've only seen the original. I've heard the American remake is also very, very good. Uh, I just haven't seen it. Uh, they say that both of them have their strong points, and the plot is relatively the same between the two. Uh, I also have the novelization of the story, which goes into a little more detail about the girl. Uh, I won't spoil here. <laughs> and, um, I mean, just it's definitely a movie to see if you're looking for not a typical vampire movie. 
Yeah, I would agree. It is not your typical vampire movie. Mm-hmm. It actually goes into what would happen if a child became a vampire kind of scenario. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's a very, very good film. Uh, if you want to see the remake, by all means, it's not bad from what I've heard. Um, they just changed a couple of tiny little things about the story, and it still works so, uh, I mean, definitely put that in your queue because that's just amazing. <laughs> and can you believe I had never until this past week seen Reanimator? I only watched it recently. Um, it's a good, fun movie, isn't it? It's a weird film. Yeah. A really weird film. It's based off an H.P. Lovecraft story, which I I didn't realize until I was reading it. I just knew Jeffrey Combs was in it, you know, because, you know, Jeffrey Combs is awesome. And yeah. <laughs> uh, and the, specifically the scene with his, is it his mom or his grandmother? Where, uh, I don't remember, because I, I, that thing was so weird and I just want to remember bits and pieces of it. Because he's, the whole thing is about he basically can, he makes, he invents a serum that can bring dead things back and it's kind of a zombie movie but not really and um it's just one of those movies you just have to see just for the cheese yeah <laughs> uh, it's right up there with you know seeing the fir- some of the first nightmare on elm street movie and stuff like that it's just one of those essential you know horror films that you have to watch yeah and i had not seen it but <laughs> Okay, yeah. so we're both shameful that we've only recently seen Reanimator. I recommend it though. I do recommend it. Go and go and watch it. It's on Netflix. Yeah. As well as is the point of this show. This bit yes, of the show. Of it's it's go and watch it. It's it's a good laugh. Yeah, there's some great classics on there. I mean, they've got most of the Living Dead films on there right now. Um, some really cheesy horror films on there too, but. They got both of the the human centipede one and two. If you're into that, <laughs> they've got we've got um, human centipede three over here on UK Netflix, which oh, I goodness. have seen. Do not waste your fucking time. Seriously, seriously, life's too short. Why listen to me if you're not going to follow that kind of advice? Uh, it's a fucking god awful movie. Two's genius. I like the first one. I thought. Two, I watched for like five minutes, and I was like, no, no, no. I mean, ultimately an awful film, but I just felt the way it was directed and presented should have won some sort of award. It, it looked incredible. Um, and the general creepy vibe it created w- was brilliant. But the third mm-hmm. one had none of that, really. None of that. Well, well, second one, he puts, what, 12 people together? Something like that, I think. Been a while since I've seen it. Because first one he put, they put three people together. It's just very ridiculous. The third one they put a prison together, like hun- Some, hundreds yeah, of yeah. people. It's stupid. It's really yeah. But it, well, they do it weirdly because it's based on the, th- the first two movies. Like the people in the prison have seen the first two Human Centipede movies. I thought that was the second one. It's was it also that he was the a fan one. of the first movie? Yeah. Yeah. Also the second one. But that's what it is. They're self-referential. They exist in the real world, so to speak. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it, all you have to do is say human centipede and everyone probably cringes if they've even heard remotely about this, the plot. Yeah. <laughs> the first one I actually enjoyed for the simple fact they don't really show anything. It's more of a, of a what you see in your mind kind of deal. Because you don't see him stitching them together. Uh, you only see the aftermath. You see how they suffer. And you don't see any of the biological stuff that happens. No. Um, it's more of a, it creeps you out because you're thinking about it kind of horror. And the ending's actually very sad. <laughs> kind of, yeah, yeah. That's That's true. Weird films, though. Mm-hmm. Weird films. Well, let's call time on this. But that was good, guys. Thank you ever so much. Thank you, everybody, yeah. for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with more movie news as per usual, which you would expect. And uh, until then, don't forget, check out some of our other shows on Simply Syndicated Movies. You should see we'll be back soon. I'm working on the new version of Simply Everything, which is going to be done soonish, hopefully. Uh, but also our other shows like Remote Patrol and Take It or Leave It and all kinds of things. Go and check them out at simplysyndicated.com. If you want to send us a Remote Patrol spinoff that is coming soon, I'm getting more excited by, by that every week. It's shaping it oh, well. Boy. We've got, is it yeah. three now we've done? Yes. Yeah, it's it's going to be it's it's all coming along, all coming along. It's going well. So, oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's staying in. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever done that before in my life. <laughs> no, I don't think so. That's new. Excellent. Well, I'm glad we were all here for that. The time when I burped while I spoke. <laughs> That was that was almost adorable. Was it? Ador- Just tell me it was adorable. Uh, yeah, yeah it was. that's that's all I need to know, really. We'll just assume it was adorable. Um, so, okay. Thank you for listening, everybody. Bye bye. Bye. Oh dear, that happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>